When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Do you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs> a senseless waste of human life. Hello, Cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host for the show. Today, we're going to be talking about a 1-0 victory against West Brom in the Premier League. A win that saw us top of the league, even if it was only for about 33 minutes. But we'll take that. Joining me, as always, to talk about the game, all the way from Vienna, is the Harlow Globetrotter. How are you doing, HG? <laughs> I'm doing all right, thanks. Uh, yeah, um, boring, boring Tottenham, 1-0 wins all the way. Suits me perfectly well. <laughs> well, a man that it doesn't suit perfectly well. It's Mr. Paul Muir. How you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we won, don't we? That's the most important thing. Um, yeah, welcome to lockdown London as well. Uh, 2.0. So um, let's hope that, um, you know, we get better than that over the next couple of weeks when we come back to football. Yeah, you're just miserable because you've got to do your personal training out in the cold warm, <laughs> isn't it? All the... All the wind and the rain. Mate, skin is waterproof. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. <laughs> That's the attitude. That's the attitude. This, this is naked personal training. I'm confused. Mate, yeah, it's, it's a very niche, uh, you know, level one thing that I only do for certain people at night time in the woods. Uh, anyway, moving on, moving on. <laughs> That's what my dad basically used to say when it was Sunday football when I was a kid. I'd be like, I don't want to go out. It's gonna The game's going to get cooled off. He'd be like, it's only rain. Your skin's waterproof. I'd be like... Yeah, come back with hypothermia as like a 10-year-old. Hated it. Oh, dear. Also joining uh, all the way from up north is Seb Short. How are you doing, Seb? I'm very well. Yeah, it's been quite a pleasant Sunday. Um, yeah, those 33 minutes were bliss, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, if only it could have been just a little bit longer. I've watched so much football this weekend. I am fully in, in into lockdown. It's like sitting in my robe doing nothing, watching football. It's been good. Let's talk about the game itself. Um, looking at the starting lineup, HG, no real surprises. Bale's first start of the season in the league. What did you think of the lineup when you saw it? Yeah, it was pretty much, uh, I think, what we all expected. We know that Lucas is a is a favourite, so that you know may have been a bit of a 
a surprise, but you know the three in midfield would have been pretty much solid in the league games at least, and you know Dyer and Alderweireld the first choice now. So I think it is a case of you know who's going to play right wing, who's going to be the fullbacks, and the team almost picks itself from that. Mm. Paul, do you think that Bale had done enough to get himself a place in the squad? I think we've mentioned uh, between ourselves that Bergwijn potentially had a knock, but um, to get ahead of Lucas, maybe? No, I don't think he's fit enough at all to be starting. He should be anywhere near the starting eleven. I was going with Lucas today, obviously with um, Lamella back at HQ uh, doing his battle ropes and things that he's doing on Instagram right now for us all. Um, he was <laughs> he also going to start, and it looks like Clark is nowhere near starting as well. So. Um, yeah, uh, I would have gone with Lucas today. That, it was it was surprising to see Gareth in, uh, in the starting eleven. I must admit. Mm. But Seb, on paper, do you think that this is our best starting eleven? I don't think that we have a best starting eleven. Really, I think it's going to be flexible, probably all throughout the whole season. Uh, I, I, I mean, it's one of the best things about the squad is there are there are obviously so many options. But as HG said, I think pretty much the fullbacks will rotate that right midfield or right wing slot or right attacking slot is is kind of up for grabs and we, I think we'll see a bit of rotation in central midfield you know Winks completely missed out today so yeah it's hard really if you ask me to pin or if you asked us to all state our 1 to 11s I'm sure they'd be slightly different yeah so imagine you got to a cup final <laughs> would, be, would this not be your starting 11 um based on the form so far this season I'd probably have Lamella in there yeah, I mean, he was injured, so we'll allow that. All right, I mean, you're obviously not going to... You don't want to uh, stick your colours to the mask on this one, so I'll leave it. But, um... <laughs> I mean, I'll let in that I think Le Celso has to be in the first 11 somewhere. I don't quite know mm. what system you play, but Le Celso is one of the few players that we have that actually does a little bit of everything. You know, he yeah. he, he does track back and he's willing to, to put put his foot in and we, we all know his quality on the ball. So it, it, it would be weird to have a best 11 without him in it, but where you play him... Um, would be the question: Does he does he play the right wing role and kind of do like a uh, James Rodriguez at Everton, or does he play in central midfield and possibly take uh, Sissoko's spot? Yeah. What did you think, Paul, of Dombele today in that sort of advanced position? Because a lot of people are kind of saying that he should be playing back in a in the, in the midfield three should be more of a sort of side to side situation rather than have you know the four two three one that we play. I think if you've got um, Hoiberg and you've got Sissoko whatever you might think about Sissoko he's still a fantastic athlete and he gets around he, he covers I think you can have Ndombele that little bit more advanced as well we all know what he can do on the quarter on the mm. half turn the guy's close control he's, a st- he's astounding oh, they got around him today and they, they pinched the ball once or twice but we always had that security blanket so to speak of um, yeah the two di- the two holding players in front of the back four I, li- I, li- I liked mm. him in that role I thought he played well today Okay, and so but against teams like West Brom, they've not been great this season. Wouldn't you have preferred to see maybe Sissoko shipped out, Don Bello back a little bit, and like HG said, Lacelso in that further forward spot? Sissoko offers so much protection. Uh, like like Paul said, he's so physical and he gets around. So, so so he does so much work, and you ally that with with Hoybier. I thought Sissoko was fantastic today, actually. Um, mm. And the, you know, West Brom brought their physical, nasty, niggly game, and Sissoko and Hoybier in the middle stood up to that. And you need that sometimes against teams that are perhaps going to let you play a bit more 
And and by that, I mean that they're going to try and play a bit more. Um, mm. Yeah, I would probably say Sissoko is the, is the one that you swap out and Lo comes in. And as you said, Ndombele plays a little bit deeper. But actually, when you need that kind of bluster, if you like, around the centre of the park, Sissoko is your man. Bilic was just found out quite easy. We know Tottenham's strengths. We know the, the quality they've got. We've got to be smart and we've got to be almost uh, dirty in certain places. And he said that at the presser uh, before the game. So I think mm. I think that kind of sets, you know, kind of like allied to what Seb was saying there. It's like we needed, you know, those those two kind of like, you know, two hard tackling, hard working midfielders in, in Hoiberg and, and Sissoko in today. Yeah, I mean, Jose does seem to like to match teams and sort of end up playing the same as them. But that was a criticism of yours, Muir, is that we get pulled down to other teams' levels. But isn't that more because Jose's trying to match teams rather than um, do something different to them? I, I, I see what you're trying to say there, but let's be honest. I mean, you're talking about a team that's in at the foot of the table and we are better from with them from 1 to 11. Um, we should be imparting our will, our systems of play, and we should be dictating uh, to these teams. We don't expect them to come and like, try and play open, expansive, kind of like Liverpool-type football with us. We know what we're going to get, but we should still be able to like move the ball quicker and our flair players should be able to like have have more impact in in the um, in the uh, in the final third. And I didn't see any of that today. I just I just felt that we just we we, we were a bit like Tottenham old, uh, maybe pre Pochettino as well. We just thought we were going to rock up and just and just walk over these teams. And um, and, it, and quite clearly for like eighty odd minutes, it, it showed that, that they weren't prepared to just lie down and just like give us the space and the respect as we we expect. I think t- today's game reminded me of the season when we were you know, amazing and we went to West Ham at the end of the season. That was the final game we lost. And I don't know if I'm right, but Billich may well have been the manager for West Ham that night as well. West Brom have always been difficult for us. We, we know this. But the way that Pudis had them set up was completely different to what we saw today. And so for, mm. for West Brom to be as in your in our faces as they were, I mean, they, they did not rest for that first hour, 65 minutes, that there was really nowhere for us to go apart from you know pump it on and hopefully um, get a second ball or something because we couldn't break through the three central midfielders and the three centre backs. There was there was we couldn't play around them and we couldn't play through them. So we were left with, in effect, our, our only chance uh, I think of that first hour was when we finally played a decent ball. I think it was Bale played the ball down the line. Kane found Dombele and Dombele found Son. That was the only time we really kind of broke through the the the, the six in midfield that they had, and that was down the sides. Otherwise, we, we just weren't able to do it. So, like West Brom, to their credit, like I think they did everything they could to win that game. But the difference is, is that in the end, it was their mistake that won us the game, as opposed to what usually happens: Spurs caving in and making a mistake. I think today was. As much as West, as much as West Brom were good, Spurs, as you said, Franco, they did. We did match them, and we ended up getting a break from it. The mentality today was far different than anything I think I've seen in in a long time at Spurs. In the previous show, I said it was either going to be nil nil or six nil. Um, unfortunately, it was closer to the nil nil until the final few minutes. But looking at their lineup today, they've played two different formations this season. They either play four one four one or five four one, and today said they changed it to have two up front. Were you surprised that Bilic basically decided to change the formation seemingly specifically for us? No, because I think that teams look at Spurs and think that they are gettable because with um, 
Toby and Dyer at the back, there, there's not a lot of pace and you go two up against them, you, mm. you might well win something. I think Spurs are an interesting proposition for, for opposition managers because even though we've had a fantastic start to the season in terms of results and, and in, in a lot of the gameplay, if you're an opposition manager, if you're West Brom, Fulham, whoever, even down the bottom, you think you might just do it against Spurs. They yeah. give you that opportunity. You know, we saw obviously we saw it against West Ham. It's we haven't got the aura of a Liverpool or a Man City where you go there and you cling on for dear life trying to get a nil-nil. You <laughs> think you can nick it. You think you can get one. There, there are cracks at the back and and things that you can expose still, and that's going to take a long time to go. So, in a way. Funnily enough, sometimes that can play into our hands. And I think today, just towards the end of the game, I think West Brom still thought they could win it. And that, mm. ironically, played into our hands. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's, it seems to me that a lot of teams that we've struggled against this season do play that five-at-the-back system because it just allows our wingers very little room um, to operate in. And today, Paul, I thought, the sun was very off. He had his chance very early on, which he kind of, <laughs> how many touches did he need to take before he let three defenders get back? And after that, he just didn't really seem to be on good form at all, did he? No, that seemed to really affect him, didn't it? It's it's strange to see him because we, we're so used to him kind of like turning up and putting in kind of like at minimum kind of seven, seven and a half out of ten. Um, but to see him today was is well below what we know he's capable of. And yeah, with him on one side not really doing it, and then an ineffectual bail on the other side of Kane, it was um, it was frustrating. But let's just hope that's uh, Sonny's one bad game, and he comes back after the international break and shows us what he can do. Yeah, no, I agree. But it does show how important he is to us. It's, it's yeah. that thing where if Kane and Sonny have a bad game, then our attacking we do look rather limp. I thought Don Bele struggled as well today. He had a few good touches, like he always does, but. Struggled. And There's then... a bit more swapping around as well up front today. There's a bit more kind of they they, they swapped over a bit, and um, obviously, as everybody like every every lazy journalist wants to point out at the moment, Kane is now playing a more kind of like a deeper role. <laughs> but it seems also that yeah that that Son and um, Gareth swapped over a few times, and I don't know if that was kind of like you know a decision made on field or it was like maybe Yao or Jose shouting to swap over, but. I don't, know, I don't know if that helped or not, but it seemed like kind of grasping at straws, really. There was a couple of times in the first half where where we didn't have anyone up front, pretty much, because Bale and Son was, were, were stood wide and Kane had come so deep. And look, yeah, like you say, the lazy journalist kind of says, oh, Kane's playing the deeper role. I, I do have some issues with it and I can see how beneficial it is and we've seen it obviously against Southampton in other games. But there were a couple of times today where you, we're screaming for a front man, we win the ball. And I think actually on a couple of times, Bale had, had tracked back and won the ball. And because he was further back, Kane was languishing in like the number number six, number eight midfield role. And it, yeah. it was no, there was that no longer get out. Um, so it, it had a problem. And actually the game changed when Kane and Vinicius, after he came on, provided a, a, a focus point. And there, there were so many times where we had the ball 25, 30 yards out and Kane or Son are trying to fire off a shot in, just into the man that's standing in front of them. Uh, it, it, it was quite exasperating. They obviously have fantastic shots on them. We know they can score from distance. But West Brom have got nine men behind the ball. It's, it's pretty hard sometimes from 25, 30 yards out. 
Yeah, I mean, you're just cutting into the teeth of their defense. I mean, that's just it. You're running into where they're standing. That's never going to work. <laughs> I mean, at any level, really. We, we don't have the ability to to play one-twos around the defense. And so, yeah, as Seb said, like, all, we, all we could do was cut inside and, and have a go. And I think only I think it was Reggion was the only one who really tested the goalkeeper from distance. Otherwise, it was it was easy for West Brom to defend that. You know, we, we didn't have the ability to get round the back, mostly because we weren't really trying. 19 shots today, eight of them were blocked. So I think that's fairly evident. But you're right, it just seemed like it was so obvious that Kane was getting frustrated. You could see when he was going to shoot and a defender just literally closing down and blocked the shot several times. Where's the width coming from? So we know Reggian is really good at getting forward. I'm still not convinced by Doty, as people probably know if they read my social media posts. And also I think I've said it on here as well. You know, there, there was acres of space during the week for him to play in. There was a bit of space today as well. If he's this marauding right wing back, and everybody's playing really narrow. And we're, we're, you know, why is he not bombing forward and offering us mm-hmm. what Reggie offers us on the left? I just, I don't get it. I, just, I, I don't get it with him right now. I don't get if he's being told to play a more kind of like, dare I say, a more traditional kind of right back role. Yes, we play a four. I understand that Wolves played a three with him and the guy on the other side. I, I get that. But if you've got space in front of you and you know that that's the strength of your game, then you can apply the width. Why are you not doing it? Why are we not? Why are we not replicating what we're doing on the left hand side, on the right hand side? I don't. I don't get it with him right now. I, I, I just don't. I think that that was an opportunity missed today. No, I think I agree. But we, we said that we weren't too impressed by Bale. Doherty didn't offer a huge amount down that side, although in the end getting the assist. But most of the play went down the left with Reggie and attempting to get it to some. But I thought that. Gallagher, who was on the right, uh, Furlong, who was at right back, Ajayi. I thought Ajayi was was fast and strong and, and Sun really struggled and Reggie really struggled to get past him. Uh, do, do they deserve a bit more credit than we're giving them, Seb? Oh, yeah, they played very well. There's no, there's, there's no getting away from that. They had a game plan and, you know, barring the last five minutes, they executed it. You know, on another day, Gallagher's shot goes in. I think Larice pulled off a... A, a really, a really good save. Dyer yeah. cleared one off the line. I'm not quite sure if that was going in. I never felt like we were under tons and tons of pressure, but certainly West Brom wouldn't have felt like they were under tons and tons of pressure either. So no. it, you know, it was it was a pretty even game. But that brings us back to the, I think the the midfield that we put out today and that that midfield that we have now offers so much protection. Look, I don't think I think Toby has lost more than a yard of pace, and Dyer never had it anyway. But they weren't really unduly worried, and it's because that midfield is offering. Hoybier is just he, he's he's just different level. You know that that signing is for me. Um, yeah, you know, I've heard bloody idiot Merson saying parties the signing of the summer. No, Hoybier is the signing of the summer for 11 million quid or whatever it was, uh, you know, minus take off the Carl Walker-Peters fee. Hoybier is he's a leader. He's everywhere on that pitch. He, he's good going forward. You know, he offers a lot going forward. And I, I thought him and Sissoko today were, were the best players uh, in a Tottenham shirt. It's weird. Like I said in my in my piece before the game that I didn't want Sissoko to start because I thought that West Brom had played, you know, had been pretty weak so far this season. I didn't take into account the fact that they were playing two up front because they signed both of these players. Like I think Carl and Grant only signed right at the end of the window. So now they've got mm-hmm. more attacking players to use. And as we talked about, when you're up against Dyer and Toby, playing two up top is not a bad idea, right? Because you're going to basically strengthen the middle of the pitch. 
But with Sissoko on in that first, was it 65, 70 minutes he played? Like, I, I'm pretty certain that West Brom would have got a goal if it wasn't for the fact that Sissoko had started the game. Because Kravinovic and Gallagher were, were were hurting us in a way that I think when Chelsea beat us last season, they did the same thing. They, they, they started centrally and then were quite willing to move wide to go behind our fullbacks and, and, and attack that space. And so we just, it was a battle. I mean, it, it wasn't easy. I felt like I was watching a real battle on a football pitch. It was a game for, for real men. You know, like, I mean, that sounds crazy, but those are games that Spurs lose. Right, mm. the, the referee. I think it was only one booking in the whole game, so a, a lot was being allowed, and it suited West Brom to do that. So by the time West Brom tired and they took off Grant, I think with you know twenty five to go, brought on Diangana, and I think that was a sign of okay, now now we have a chance that they're changing the way they play for whatever reason, and so when it came to bringing on Vinicius and Lucas. Like I was sitting there thinking, oh, well, I guess Sun's going to go off because I, I hadn't really thought about Sissoko leaving. But what it did was made, as, as Seb said, Vinicius became the focal point and then Kane could drop back and be the 10 and it still functioned. The, the Celso and, and Hoiberg were good enough to hold it against a team that had tired. And in that mm. in that last 20 minutes, we had more than enough chances really to, to win the game. It just it, None of them were fantastic chances, but Vinicius had that shot that was well saved. Kane had a header, I think, that just went wide. We, we, we were getting closer. The Celso's chance was huge. There you go. So it's... Yeah. I, I just think that everything worked perfectly for us today. You know, West Brom were more difficult than we thought they would be, but we weathered the storm, and then when the storm passed, we took advantage. And like, don't get me wrong, it, it, it was a goal that was more their fault than our you know, our credit, but we made it happen, and we we did dominate the last twenty minutes of the game. Like, I don't apart from, as soon as Gallagher had that shot there at the post. After that, I don't think Lloris was troubled at all. It was us. Toby and Dyer were you know standing on the halfway line. The Celso and Hoiberg were basically recycling the ball and winning it back, and 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 we were on the attack. So. It, it, it's weird because we'd love to see us go to places and, and wipe the floor with them. But you know what? Like, I, I celebrated the goal today more than I have done in a while because you know that every goal is super important. Like, the old Spurs would have lost that game. I think Pochettino only won once at West Brom in four tries. I don't think, yeah. I think he only beat them once at home as well. I mean, they're a bogey side for us. And so for us to go there, yeah, look, I don't care if they're 19th or 18th or wherever they are. It, it's still it's still three points, and that's it. We can we can rest easy for two weeks and focus on on Man City. Mm. When you say it was more their fault than ours, are you saying just because the keeper didn't come out and try and claim it? Yeah, I think the keeper should have came for it. I mean, I, I like I, I don't <laughs> I don't blame him for not because you don't know if you don't get there, you clatter Kane, you give away a penalty, and mm. and with three centre halves in front of you, you probably assume that one of them's going to get there. Right, yeah. But I think that when I don't know how far came came when he headed the ball, but probably penalty spot or closer. And you'd think that from a starting position of what the keeper should have had, it should have been his to come at least punch it. I mean, maybe you can't claim it cleanly, but you know, put yourself there. And as it was, he found himself in, in complete no man's land, and and we took advantage. I, I don't want to denigrate you know Doherty's pass because it's clear what he was trying to do, and it obviously worked. But I, I think it was more of a mistake from, from the goalkeeper than it was anything else. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one. The defender was marking Kane tightly and I think the, the keeper probably was in two minds thinking, well, he should deal with this, but obviously he didn't and it just went just beyond him. Kane got a perfect flick on it. And again, it's a, it's a, it's a good finish. Like you, you, That was the perfect thing to do, just a glancing header. 
It's the, it's the only th- it's the only thing he could have done with it though. He, he 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 wasn't where his body was on the half turn. He's never going to be yeah. able to put that back across, to, like down into the keeper's left. You know, he he, he the keeper comes, he stops, he stops at six yard. He takes two sets back by that point. There, it, it's an easy, it's a very very easy opportunity for Kane because all he's got to do is just like he's at any kind of contact because the backspin and the ball is just going to flick it over him. Over the keeper, he, he, I, I reckon if the keep the keeper comes out and he cleans out the central defender and Kane, it wouldn't have been a penalty. If he'd have got the ball, yeah. But I think my point was is that like if Kane got there first and then gets clattered, um, it, I think that would have been a penalty regardless of where the ball went. You know, because it's it, it's a dangerous challenge. They may not have given it, but I think they probably should have because he hasn't got the ball and he's he's cleared the man out. Mm. But I think I mean this is it. Like I I, I don't want to. Like I'm just happy that we won that game. That 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 is the the major thing for me. Like we can talk about performance and players and systems and everything else, but we got three points. And like I, I don't want to see us play boring football. But I don't necessarily think we were boring today, despite the scoreline. I think we just had a really difficult opponent that we matched up to and and came out on top of. It, it was a. It, I, I don't know. Like maybe maybe because I don't see that often enough with Spurs. Where we have those battling games and we come out on top, that I'm just I'm just enjoying the fact that it did. Let's, let's be honest, we we've we've played Burnley um, on a Monday night, and we, we we you know we all know what we thought of that, um, and we come out with the win, uh, and then we've played today West Brom, horrible. These twelve o'clock kickoffs, they're, they're never right. And and two two and a half days from Bulgaria. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like like we we, mm. we should be the evening game. I think Arsenal were at home. So on Thursday night, so you know the fact that we only had two and a half days to then go to you know to the Birmingham area for all the West Brom fans not listening, um, <laughs> but it's just like it's not right. Like we, we had a real. I mean, you saw Solskjaer complain about the the fact that they had to play early yesterday, and I'm sitting there thinking, I, I, I'm sorry, excuse me. Like I understand it's Champions League and Everton away, but like not many teams will will. Well, I say not many teams. I'm, I'm, West Brom aren't the greatest home team, but. It's it's just not a game we win, and so for us to come out and having done it, given the circumstances, and I'm sorry I've kind of interrupted Seb here, but like, it's you know we've won three in a week, right? And the, those those three wins have put us in a massive position. And after the Antwerp game, I mean, when we were we were really awful that night. After the Antwerp game, three wins in was it six days? I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, well, I think since the 80th minute in the West Ham game. We have not really played well in six games. We've won five of them and to work the only slip-up. I mean, Seb, that's title-winning form, isn't it? <laughs> well, the, the point I was going to make was that, that we've, we've ground out results in, as we've alluded to, you know, in past seasons, these have been tricky games for us. You know, when we when we beat Burnley, we covered the fact that we've we've gone there under Pochettino and, and recently um, and, and not got the win. And then... Also, if you look at the other away performances, Man United and Southampton, yeah, we've wiped the floor with them eventually. Mm. So there's not a lot more that we can ask for. Are we winning scrappy, niggly, horrible games 1-0? Yes. Are we putting teams to the sword when the opportunity is there? Yeah. We're unbeaten since the first game of the season in the Premier League. We're going strong in Europe. We beat Chelsea in the Cup. There's not a lot more you can ask for, really. I mean, okay, let's let's take stock because now there's an international break, and when we come back, we've got some really tricky games. Um, I wrote them all down on the. the, the <laughs> I'm guessing that's UHG. That's I put all the games in the run sheet, and HG's kindly put dates next to them all and made it look a bit nicer. 
Hey, look, it's that, really that, tricky. That's that Austrian and German kind of. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the teacher in him, that's what it is. But let's look. When we get back, we've got City, Ludogorets, Chelsea, Lask, the Gooners, Antwerp. And now, obviously, by the Antwerp game, we're going to have hoped to have qualified by then, and maybe even before the last game. So it's not such an issue. Then we've got Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, a cold night in Stoke, Wolves. And then it's, well, actually, that's the 26th. So, and then Fulham to, to finish off the, the year. That's a really tricky run, isn't it? And like we say, we've, we've scraped through some games against teams that are potentially lesser teams, I guess you'd say, or at the bottom end of the table. Now we're definitely at the top end. Where do you think we're going to see ourselves by the end of the year, Muir? Because it's a real tough run, that, isn't it? Uh, yeah. To, to answer your first question, yeah, <laughs> it, is a, it is a tough run. Um Let's just see who we get back. Villa have scored again. (laughs) Excellent. Good news, good news. Sorry. That's all right. No, no. I think, what what, what, what do I do? I mean, what's he going to do? I mean, Jose, is he going to prioritise? Because, I mean, we probably haven't got the squad. We probably do have the squad that we don't need to prioritise now. But, um, I mean, looking at City today, they can still be got at. I believe uh, Chelsea. Well, we know we know how Chelsea came, and Frank completely out out thought and out thought as in brain um, yeah. at, at the lane. Um, I'd be happy to still be around the top four, top five by the end of the year. To be honest, Frank, and I think I think we'll go through and in, in the Europa. Well, I'd like to think we'll go for in Europa. Yeah, we've only got to beat Ludogorets. I think we'll, we'll be on ten. No, sorry, nine points at that point. That's normally enough to see you through. So we get through the City game. We put out a team. It's at home against Ludogorets. We should be able to do that. Then I think we can then just focus on the rest. And against Lask and Antwerp, we should be able to play our squad players. Right. But like you say, City, City. I think we can get at them. Chelsea will be a tricky one. I think Chelsea going forward look really, really good. But yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea uh, defensively um, don't look, don't look all that. To be honest. The Gooners, who knows? And then after that, Palace, I think, will probably will, will do well. Will, will beat Palace, and then Liverpool. That you know, again, don't look great defensively. Still not convinced by Matip and Gomez as a centre back partnership. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, we can we can definitely get results. Of course, we can. Let's just hope playing better opposition, uh, you know, kind of like excites the players a bit more. Unlike today, and uh, we we put in decent performances and. You know, that we know that we can, like Manu and the first, uh, you know, against Southampton, etc. So yeah, mm-hmm. still be around, still be around. We'll st- I tell you what, we'll still be in the top four end of the year. There you go. Yeah, is this where Seb? Is this where Jose starts to earn his money because he's always touted as the sort of manager that sets you up to to defeat, you know, an opposition. It's not necessarily about one style of play for the team. He looks at the other team's weaknesses and how we can beat them. Do you think? When you've got a run like this, it's you know this this is like I just said where he earns his money. Definitely, I think, and I think we've seen it already. You know, there are different ways to skin a cat, and uh, you know we talked about it on on this pod. There's, there's different styles of victories. Um, you know, one thing that used to drive me mad under Pochettino, and, and yeah, I was a Pochettino fan, um, but was that when he lined lined the team up, that the team pretty much had one one way of playing. And it was it was very nice to watch. And then sometimes I can remember I went to a game where uh, we played Liverpool, and I think Mane scored um, two goals to, and they won two nil. I can't remember what year it was. I'm guessing it was about three or four years ago. And he gave an interview after the game where he said, "I knew from the first ten or twelve seconds of the game that we weren't going to win." Well, 
that's that's fucking diabolical. <laughs> you know, that's that's really bad because yeah, Jose has different plans and he sets his team up to begin with, uh, with a uh, you know with a certain game plan and he's able to to adapt that you know throughout throughout the game. So you know, I'm I'm quite positive, and I just hope it's not like 2016 where we're watching Leicester results, <laughs> hoping that, that they drop a point before or after we play or something like that. But I, I you know, I said it before on the, these pods. I think it's it's going to be a strange season. Villa have scored again. Is it three 0 It's three 0 Excellent. <laughs> with, the, with the squad that we've got, who, who knows? You know, we have got a lot coming up. Just out of interest, actually, I just got a, a question for for you all. What are we doing against Manchester City that we haven't done in twenty five games? Uh, <laughs> playing them when we're above them in the table. I don't know. Uh... We're going to be playing on a Saturday. And we haven't done that since pre-lockdown, the last game against Burnley. 25 games. We haven't wow. played Saturday. Is that right? Oh, okay. Bloody hell. We're not, we're not, we've not played one game on a Saturday. No. Yeah. Did we not? Hang on a minute. Let me think about this. Like, <laughs> don't dispute Seb's facts. <laughs> uh, that just seems madness, doesn't it, really? That's crazy. Yeah, well, this is the thing with Europa League this year. We're probably going to end up playing more Sundays than anything else, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I, when, when I when I looked at the dates for the the Guna game, like I realised that if we're both in um, Europa League football, they may well move mm. us to the Monday night, right? Because th- that's what they did for the Burnley game, that they knew that we could play Monday. Yeah, and so it, 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 it's going to be a weird one. We will be in the second half of the of the matches probably for the for the next what two months. So it's it's uh, it's not going to be easy. But I mean, if you look at the the games, the, the results in these fixtures that we got last year. Right, I mean, we beat City at home. We, I think Chelsea, they beat us, but we didn't have anyone. You know, like Kane was out and Son was out, and you know, it, it, we, we, you, you have to think that that Mourinho is going to be good enough to to get something in these games. We beat Arsenal at home, so yeah, don't get me wrong; they're not easy games by you know any stretch of the imagination. But you know, it, it'll be one game at a time, and. Uh, and and Mourinho is the person to 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 set us up for those games, like I, especially when you know, hopefully, knock on wood, we won't have many injuries. Bale, Bale should be up and running by then as well. <laughs> I was going to say we saw we saw Bale with an ice pack on his ankle, but I think that might have been half strategic, just so he doesn't have to go play for Wales. <laughs> right. Okay. We'll um, just got to point out as well today that that was Kane's 150th goal. In the league, and Eric Dyer's 250th appearance in total for Spurs, getting all the milestones out of the way. 250 for Dyer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? You sounded so surprised. I do sound. I... Celia, um, my other half's going to be listening to this, um, and she actually loves Eric Dyer. It does 250 games since he like his opening game was it against was it against Everton or West Ham? West Ham away. West Ham. West Ham away when he put it in and he scored. Yep. Yeah, bloody bloody hell! That that was the that was the the first game of Pochettino era was that game. It was the first game after I got married, so I remember watching it at some ungodly hour in the states. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, Dyer. We all know under Pochettino, he was the player who played every game. Right, I mean, whether it was certainly in that that two or two year period when we were one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country, Dyer played at centre half. He played at defensive midfield. He played in the cup games. He was he, he played almost every game. He he should have been at two hundred and fifty probably a year ago if he hadn't got mm. appendicitis and had a you know a whole load of time out. But 
to see what Dyer has done, I, I think I saw a stat today that Eric Dyer is like top three or even the top when it comes to certain statistics. Of course, I don't have them on hand, but that Dyer has actually played really well as a, cent- as a central defender, far better than I think any of us would have thought. It, it may well have helped that we've played teams that, that like to you know, stick it in the box at head height. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think we have to be... Dyer has been a great servant to the club for, for six years and he's going to stay for, I guess, another 18 months until Jose gets the sack. So... Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what usually happens, right? Third season syndrome for Mourinho. But, you know, Dyer will be here for a couple more seasons and he'll play a, a pretty important role because we all know that, that Mourinho trusts him. I mean, implicitly, yeah. Mourinho trusts him. He's, he's one of his main le- lieutenants. No, that's it. And I thought he played pretty well today as well. Um, I don't know who got man of the match. I think it was Kane in the end, but that, <laughs> it always seems to be the goal scorer. People don't think too much about it. One last thing. Last season, we won four league games away from home, right? We've already matched it this season. I don't care how we're playing. That is progress. I really don't care. That is progress. Four games, four wins. I'll take them, especially away from home. I will take them every single day. Completely different team. Completely different kind of like manager. Completely different system. Playing different teams. I know we were bad away from home, but... Come on! After today, I, I, yeah, okay, we won, and that's all I'm going to say. We won. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's all any of us are really saying is that we won. Like, I mean, we, we we could have played fantastically well last season, but if you if you only win four away games, you're not happy. We didn't play well last year. We haven't played great this season, certainly in the last two away games, but we we, we got the job done. And I mean, that that is it. Like that, it's not figure skating, right? There are no marks awarded for style. <laughs> So um, let, let, let's, let's go on a goal basis and, and see where it gets us. Do you think, uh, I'll ask Seb, because you've talked about HD. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, Seb, that the away and home advantage really counts during lockdown without the crowd? Because HG, when football came back last year, there was loads of weird results in the Bundesliga where more away wins than anything else, I think it was. And Arsenal today are getting dicked at home. Our home form has been... I think, worse than our away form it must have been. Um, do you think that it's a real leveller now? Uh, can I say no and yes? Because of course. I think, for me, I think it is a real leveller. Uh, and I think the more away games we can get under our belt and win before they let crowds back in, which I'm I'm still hopeful, you know, February, March or something around there, you know, it could be could be amazing if we've secured a lot of away wins and then all of a sudden in the run-in come in March when we've got quite a few important games, you can get fans into our home games. It's kind of like the best of both worlds. So, yeah, I definitely, it, 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 it's just odd. You know, we've all got, we're all getting used to it. Um, you know, it, I prefer watching the games with the sound, with the crowd noise off, um, uh, you know, but it's, it, it's still not right and it will never be right. But it, it, it's what we've got. And yeah, if we can get these away wins, three points every time, and you know you, you're you're taking that. Not only are you accruing the three points, you're taking that advantage off the team that you're playing for the reverse game. You know they've got to come to you. Um, you know Man United have got to come to Spurs as for, as a, for instance, and by who knows, we might have crowds back by then, and it's a kind of double bubble. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you that. 
Right, before we go, just uh, time to tell you about uh, the latest Spurs prize that you can win from our partners at footballprizes.co.uk. It's a big one this week. Uh, Brendan mentioned it earlier in the week, it's the signed, framed Gareth Bale shirt. Go on our Facebook page. Uh, there's links and everything there and there's tweets about it as well. It's the same shirt from the season where he roasted Mike on at the lane. It was the number three shirt. Uh, it's lovely framed with LED lights uh, and it looks brilliant. Um, you can buy tickets for the chance to win a signed picture of Jeff Hurst and Martin Peters as well from the 66 World Cup final. Again, framed looking very nice um, and as last time you get a 10% discount using the promo code 10 cheese which is one zero cheese there's 99 tickets for the bail shirt priced at 5.95 and 59 for the Hurston Peters one at 2.95 so footballprizes.co.uk will go to our Facebook page and click the link there get involved and good luck right that wraps it up um, HG thanks ever so much for joining as always yeah no problem Mr Muir thank you very much as well yeah, can I just still say thanks very much and still don't like the yellow kit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why no green today? Uh, Seb, thanks for joining, as always, mate. Thank you. Can I just say, cheer up, Paul. The yellow kit's great. In Jose we trust. Up the Spurs. <laughs> Top stuff, right. Until next time, all your social medias. Don't forget to subscribe to your podcast provider and leave us a review on iTunes if you don't mind. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Fuck off, you Graham Scott. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.